FIA welcomes you to The Art Parlor, where visually impaired artists of all types will discuss their work. Pull up a chair, bring your beverage of choice, and listen to thoughtful, stimulating conversations with visually impaired artists in all media and from all parts of the world. And now, here's your host, Anne Chipetta. Welcome, everybody, to The Art Parlor podcast, brought to you by Friends in Art and the American Council of the Blind. We are Friends in Art, where visually impaired artists and audience members thrive. You can find us on the web at www.friendsinart.org. Check us out. We are doing some really cool stuff with our website, and uh, we hope you drop by and enjoy what you find. So. Tonight, we uh, have a special guest with us, um, author and keynote speaker, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Cheryl is also one of the co-hosts on the Writing Work Wonders podcast that appears um, in the ACB community calls on Fridays at 1 p.m. Uh, but for now, I'm going to turn this over to Cheryl so she can introduce herself, and then uh, we can get the questions going. So welcome, Cheryl. Hi, hi there, Annie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And um, I'm a fellow guide dog user from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. I live in New York State as well. I live in on bordering Orange and Ulster County in the hamlet of Wachill, town of Shangam. And I'm married. My husband and I have been together for 28 years. And I have one son, um, some grandchildren. I'm a daughter-in-law. I'm very blessed. I have Senka, who is a fourteen, will be fourteen this year in December. Golden Retriever, retired guide, and I have Raven, who will be four, who is a sixty-pound shepherd. They're both about sixty pounds, and I've been I've had a guide dog for twenty years in February, so. That's about how long it had stopped driving about two years before. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be here. So with that, um, I'm sure oh, other boy. stuff will come out during questions. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, I want to know, um, I got an email from you and it said Reverend Cheryl. So <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> uh, well, I went back to school when I lost my sight and I went to SUNY Empire State, got my bachelor's in counseling. Prior to losing my sight, I was a title closer doing title work for and uh, real estate closings with attorneys. And so I thought I'd go to law school, but um, God had different plans for me. And the last session of my last class in my bachelor's, I was at New Paltz. And someone mm. mentioned the Interfaith Seminary in Manhattan, and I just had that feeling in my gut that I was supposed to go in a different direction. So I went to a two-year seminary for Interfaith Ministry and became a spiritual counselor, and I had no intentions of working in a church, but again, God had different plans. I became assistant pastor at a church for four years. And during that time, I went to Bethel University and Seminary in Minnesota in their Master's in Divinity program. But um, 
I've decided, you know, at counseling and everything, I just went in a different, again, different direction after that. So, and then I used to love counseling and performing weddings and being involved with couples, but oh, I forget how many years ago, all of a sudden you had Imus and you had the uh, TV host in the morning show saying, I just became a minister because me $250 and I can marry people. So people were just becoming ministers by paying $250 online. And I thought I stopped advertising and I stopped promoting it. And I just do it now by word of mouth and got into other things. I, I would say you, you you do it by word of faith. <laughs> right. Thank say. you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and, and right. shame on those people who got their two hundred fifty dollars. You're yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I I think it's swung the other way now, don't you? Mm. I think so. What? Yeah. Like the, the the whole you know the the you know. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's. When, people do that it's more of a civic civil uh, marriage you know it's like going to the justice of the peace or something like that that's what that is about really they get the qualifications to do a marriage but that's not i'm grateful for what i went through because the motto was not instead of your religion it was a rabbi and a priest who started this and right their motto was it's along with. So learning how to mm. in, use other religions, you know, learn about them. Like down there in Westchester, I think it's Westchester, where one of the biggest Buddhists is. Yes. And and I went to Graymore, which is a cat a monastery. And we had learning how Buddhism and Christianity can work together, you know, and not to get into religion, but it's just being open and accepting people. And I can do more by example. Yeah. Then, you know, pushing it. Yeah, that's what I mean by it swung the other way. I think it's yeah. a much more mm-hmm. open, open system now. And um, I was married by an interfaith minister. I insisted <laughs> on a female because <laughs> I am I am a true <laughs> feminist. And uh, and it was wonderful. Everybody not not a dry eye in the place. So uh, nice. That's, nice. So anyway, so going back to um, okay. to, to this writing thing. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be here talking about. Um, so why are you a writer? Well, it started with, I've been writing since I was sighted, since I was a kid, since I first put a crayon in my hand. I love to draw. I love to write. And then when I learned how to write script, I loved learning how to write fancy and calligraphy. And I would write stories. And I put it a little bit aside because as I got older and was chasing the almighty dollar in my career mm-hmm. and raising my son. And then when I lost my sight, I was speaking right from day one about within a month after getting my first guide dog, I was out speaking on behalf of guiding eyes and, and it was always volunteer and I never, ever, ever minded that. And got contributions for guiding eyes. But I also knew at some point people get paid when they have a book, but I just didn't know what to do. And what happened was I was training with a new guide dog, a home training, and Marion Levy, who is a donor of guiding eyes, I was emailing with her. 
as I was going through these uh, craziness things I was doing with my guide dog, (laughs) the antics were hilarious. And she kept encouraging me to put it in a book. You know how many people tell us you should write a book. And I just said, okay, okay. And I was more into writing about marital 12 steps of a successful marriage I was working on or something else. And and I, what I did basically through my children's books, my memoirs are through the children's books because they're about me and my guide dog or other situations in my life. So that's really how it started and how the books started. So was the first book, Cindy Lou and Sammy Sammy too, that was the first one, right? Right. And, and that's, I did that because of the, they said for children's book, you should have some kind of a, you know, a jingle. And <laughs> that was just a 32 page book, but it was five and a half by eight and a half. And I had a illustrator who is from the Hudson Valley and she did my first illustrations in that book. Mm-hmm. Did she continue to work with you? No, okay. no, because she's more scared. I wanted more vibrant illustrations and we and she struggled with people she's an animal and and nature artist and we still have a great Mm -hmm. you know yeah we still get along really well but no it just didn't work out so yeah so who illustrated the second book the second one was the well I've got to let's see I'm going to stay in Sammy right now the zoo book was based on pick photos And the photos were then made into illustrations. Lisa did some. In fact, one of the illustrations in that book with the penguins is from, uh, that's Lisa's actual illustration. The other ones were digitized by Patri, who lives in Indonesia. And then surprise Sammy, it's your birthday. That book was illustrated by a seventh grader. And then my main illustrator who I continue to work with who's in Spain did Anastasia did that book and since then she has re-illustrated all of my books and we have new book covers so when we do the ebooks they'll all have the same illustrator and the same illustrations from the same illustrator the thing about Anastasia she doesn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish but isn't it wonderful what the internet can do <laughs> we, we create That's new bad. books See, together <laughs> this is this is why we had you I knew you had some interesting stories and I mean yeah. Yeah. you know just knowing that language isn't a barrier to creativity is one of those messages that I, lo- I love to hear um yeah so uh let me ask you how did you lose your vision you don't mind sharing I was that? high my I was born high myopic and I'm a forceps baby. My mother couldn't okay. see me for 24 hours after I was born. Yeah. And the doctor said that I would have I had 20-30 vision with contact lenses and they didn't know I was really legally blind until I was almost 2. Um my father almost hit me in the driveway and because I function, you know, I just toddled yeah. along and but then um and so I had 2030 with contacts up until I was in my th- early, you know, about 30. And then I had detached retinas and one after the other, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that's how I finally 
stopped driving, became legally blind with all multiple 17 surgeries and different things happening. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what's it like to, do you find like, I mean, I'm, I didn't lose my vision until I was 28 and I find that living as a sighted person and then living as a blind person is kind of an advantage. Uh, it's also, you know, it could be a disadvantage as well, but I think it, it also is like, I have an extra encyclopedia in my head about things to refer to. Do you feel that way or differently? No, I do because especially since working with everyone at American Council of Blind, finding the how people see, don't see the differences from birth. And I have someone very close to me. We talk every, almost every morning, five times a week, we exercise together, who is blind since birth and just the perceptions and, and then trying to explain to her. So yeah, I do. I think for myself, I'm glad it happened the way it did. The advantage was not, was being without my glasses, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. So that was beneficial in many ways adapting, but yeah, one day I saw the next day, boom, my life was upside down. just like so many people. Yeah. So, but I'm grateful for what I could see and still what I can see, it continues to get worse. I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. You know, it can be something that happens early on, something that happens later, but Vision loss is is profound to all of us in some way, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know affects us. I mean, it's we're, we're all in it together, but we all have our individual experiences as well. Yeah, and you know yeah. when I got my first guide, I said I had no idea about guide dogs, and I kept saying I'm going to get a guide dog. My doctor down in the city would say, "Show you don't need a guide. You're not going to need a dog." I said, "I'm getting a guide dog," you know, and that's all I kept saying in my head. And it was a survival mechanism, like you know, I guess. And yeah. and then then about a year after that, I heard an advertisement on a local radio station. It's the only time I ever heard the walkathon advertised up in that in that particular oh, way station. back when. <laughs> yeah, it was the only time I ever heard, never heard it ever again. I went to that walkathon and I saw the dogs and and I remember asking somebody, well, how do you do this? And then she was talking about drinking. I said, well, how do you do that drinking? Oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine, you know, because I didn't drink at the time anyway. And I, anyway, but I won't even tell you her answer. It was pretty funny. And I but I but that was in October by February of 1994. I was in class getting my first dog with Kathy Zabricki was my trainer. Kathy Rooney had broken her collarbone. So Dave C was in there as well as Kathy oh. Rooney. Charlie, Ted was there, Hi. Ted the Bricky. So yeah, it was quite an experience. It was pretty wonderful. Yeah. Mm. On a journey mm. that uh, telling me I would learn how to be blind. Some of these people would tell me again, how, you know, I'm grateful for the experience and where it led me in that creativity and what books have done for me with this arts that I have found a way to still be creative and have fun when I'm writing. I, and you guys know, I laugh a lot well, yes, sweet sometimes, and I'm hysterical laughing <laughs> because I'm, I have no idea where it came from. My, my one book that I've got pretty much done now is history, mystery in Philadelphia. And the main characters are Benjamin Franklin, John, John Hancock and, um, Thomas Jefferson. 
And these boys are trying to steal Thomas Jefferson's desk from the museum. And anyway, so I'm writing along. And next thing you know how they say our characters develop the story. And all of a sudden, Thomas Jefferson, they're ghosts. And they go up and pulls the one boy's pants down. And he's, and he's like, hey, he pulled my pants down. And Thomas just says, well, that's what you get for wearing baggy britches. And I'm, I was just having a grand old time with different characters. Thing. I have no idea where that came from. It's not like I was sitting there thinking about it. But it's fun and and it gives a way to teach children about our guide dogs in a different way. I'm sure you know how some people want the demonstration. Can you demonstrate how your dog does that? Well, what the mall book has done for me is I have 18 by 27 inch poster boards and it shows um, the image of the, the Cindy was taken from me and Sanka, my golden, how we stand on an escalator, you know, with our one foot up a little bit over to the left in front of right. our dog. So you're, you're these poster boards are like part of your presentation. Yes. And you yeah. you, mm-hmm. you have them. So the audience is looking at the poster boards while you're do you, do you yeah. read the book and talk while the poster boards no. are up? Or is it no. just like a general thing? It's just a gem because most of the time, say somebody wants me to come and present for guiding eyes. I still, I use the mall illustrations because it's got some of those, some of those illustrations that people want to see. And so that helps me when someone says, well, can you illustrate how your dog does this or your dog does that? No, but you know, I can show them with the poster boards and explain mm -hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally, I find that kind of annoying when I do them, when I do a presentation, <laughs> somebody will say, can you show us how the dog finds the door? And I'm like, <laughs> not really watch me when I leave. You know? Yeah. That's what I tell them too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway. So, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so are you still doing a lot of these presentations or has it slowed down since COVID Slowed um, down a lot since yeah, COVID. And, I was doing yeah. some via FaceTime before COVID, even, but yeah, very much so because they're still mm-hmm. not doing a lot of those things in school. Yeah, uh, you know, yep. and um, but again, I, I, with my children's books, I, I have been able to travel to places differently than I did in Guiding Eyes. I stayed pretty local. I mean, when I was on grad council, I traveled with them, but for them, but. With my books, I've done some traveling to different schools along the East Coast. And I do, if I'm going on vacation, I'll contact schools that way. Right. And and so, yeah, that's been it's it's opened up the world a lot more. Right. Yeah, I agree. In different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we're going to move on to some other questions um, mm-hmm. and then and then, I'll, you know, I'll stop and um, let mm-hmm. every other people jump in. But so I I was looking at your your books on your website and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to some of the audio clips, which were which were great. Uh, and I wanted to know what was the inspiration for the book Nabbed? I had a friend who went to Canada to work four days a week and she had a little Pekingese and I would watch her. And one day my friends came over, my friend came over with her grandchildren and let her out in the back by the pool with Sanka. 
Well, Lily, being a little Pekingese, scooted right underneath that fence. And and then the kids went and got her. But I was like, oh, a book is born. The hero, the dog <laughs> turns into a superhero and gets a cape on. And just we're going to put him in a in a in a booth or something. And he's going to turn into a superhero. And then I just that's where that started from. <laughs> <laughs> right. What you know. Right. Well, b- Lily was born into it. <laughs> That I, I I've got I've got to I've got to finish I've got to get that book on Audible but I, I you know I listened to the to the promo and I was like oh my god this is so funny yeah this is a really, you know, wonderful adventure um and that's that's you you're you you present an adventure and a positive attitude and I love it um thank you yeah thank you and you do a good Tigger too yeah <laughs> you want you do Tigger for me go ahead do Tigger. <laughs> And you do Wonder Woman really well too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, and Wonder then my Wonder Apple Batter Up one is about my sister and I. And I have the a Christmas one that I want to release for next Christmas that has been done. But you know, with COVID, I put things back a little bit more. And yeah. But the Apple Batter Up is about when my sister and I we played. Uh, we, we used app, Macintosh apples and we played baseball in our house <laughs> with it was twirling baton with apples. And my mother was not as gracious as the mother in the book, but it gave, you know, it's something that we always said, why did we do this? And it started with a poem and then it went into a book. And again, I had a different illustrator from California at the time. And she did a very real special illustrations with that too. Wow. You used a lot. Of, how many different illustrators have you used? Over the years, mm, one, two, four, four or five of them. Yeah, and then I found, I found Anastasia. Anastasia, I really have been very happy with her. Mm-hmm. Well, this is wonderful I've, that you've made those yeah. connections. Um, yeah, how I did you do on, that? On, did you just like on go on Google on Fiverr? Mm, okay, Fiverr. That's yeah, enough. that's when it was first. You know, like it was. Uh, you could get them inexpensively right. and I tried different, you know, I paid a lot for different illustrators to find one I wanted. And when I found Anastasia, she was, there's one, her scenes are very detailed. There's little things in there that I wouldn't be able to see, but how people have told me mm. she's very particular in what she does. And yeah. And, mm. and she's good working with too. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you find your audiobook narrators? Did you do it through the like I, the narrators guild, like whatever? I found or... him on Fiverr too. In fact, yeah. I had I had the first Sammy book uh, done once, and I didn't like it. It was very wah mm-hmm. wah wah wah. And yeah. so then I found Chris Abernathy, and Chris is doing phenomenally now. I mean, you know, when I paid yeah. for him, I was could afford him. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I doubt I could afford him. Um, but he he did a fabulous job. When I've listened to my books, it's been wow, I wrote that, you know, because he does he narrates it the way I've written it and it's it's wonderful. And what I've done in my audiobooks too is I've described the illustrations. So even though you're listening to an audiobook, kids will know what kind of illustrations are in the yeah. physical print book. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, you know, writing that imagery in there, and you mm. know, and being able mm. for one to reflect off the other. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so let me ask you, what do you think of this whole um, audio uh, description project related to like graphic novels and comic books? Do you do you see it really bridging the gap or maybe kind of, you know, because I used to be when I had usable vision, I was uh, into graphic novels and comics and I, I drew and, you know, sketched mm-hmm. and stuff. And that was one of the things I missed the most losing my vision yeah. was not being able to 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 interact with with those types of mediums anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just. Part of me is like wants to be really happy and like excited about it. Part of me is afraid to be let down by it, you know, Uh, like, uh, so what do you think about that? You know, know. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting how we paint a picture when we're, uh, you know, say with dialogue and and with our books, the comics, we have it actually, we have an audio comic on writing works wonders on Friday, Chad Allen. And He's done quite a production. Some of the comics can be, have some kind of violent thing in, you know, things in them and the the dastardly whatever. And so he's got quite a production that he was able to do. And then he'll be, he's got a contract with Audible now too, because of what Mm -hmm. he's been able to create. I, I don't know. I miss the graphics as well, because I can see it takes me a long time, but I love the fact that I can play with a snowman and these little graphics and I put a tiger up, you know, a, a tiger on something or whatever when I'm doing them for writing works wonders. So I love the fact that I can be able to do that. That's how I did a lot of my illustrations, describing them, say, to my illustrators. What I'm trying to do was taking piecemeal different people and different things, putting them together to show them the graphics. So I don't have a clear answer. I just know I miss that too. You know, that, 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 that ability to do that. However, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the iPad and what I still can do. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Impressive to me that you can do that. This is Nancy. I've been, really interested in listening to what all you were saying about, well, almost a team effort of your graphics and your writing. And it makes me know that that had to come from the background of someone who had had enough vision to do. And as you said, you can still do parts of it, which makes you still an effective communicator with your graphics people. And that had to be a component with you not even speaking Spanish and the, and the Spanish lady. <laughs> <not speaking English. laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it was because there's the, the translators within the internet that does that. However, being able to take a, you know, different characters and place them different places and just say, this is what I'm looking to do and what animals I want in the description. That was very helpful. And, and yeah, it was. And, even you know, the challenge one is the history mystery in Philadelphia, because I needed to show her pictures of Martha Washington, of, of um, Dolly Madison and, so that she could create a cartoonish type, you know, a character 
to model after them and the clothing. So because she's not an American, I'm not, you know, that just being able to explain, even though they're from, you know, English and stuff too, that there was a real, that was interesting, but she got it, but it took, took a little bit of different, you know, trial and error. And, and I do believe having vision when coming from having vision too, I can't imagine if I didn't have vision, the, I would have to just trust an illustrator. And that's the benefit of being able to have my books illustrated myself, because if I was with a quote, one of the major publishing companies, I would would not like say scholastic picked up my books i'd have i wouldn't be able to they'd pick the illustrator and it would be done according to what they want so so the independent publishing piece is something that's a a big deal to me as well Mm -hmm. um and that's that's how i kind of met you was through all that visually impaired uh writers Mm who uh you know who who want to be published but you know don't necessarily get the chance to even well, rub so shoulders with like, the traditional publishers, you know? Yeah. So, and I consider you one of the inspirations to younger people um, who are originally impaired and who want to write. I, you know, I really, I really believe that, uh, um, that you could, you know, that they would benefit from, from really, you know, having you as one of, one of the examples of success. So, um, okay. so I want to thank you for that. Yeah. So I have another question, but if uh, Nancy, do you have any other questions or Peter or Michael or um... I was interested to know if you do you do music since you integrate your art and your and your uh, your words and stuff like that. So do you also do music? I love to do sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But I don't really. I don't play anything anymore. But uh, <laughs> when like I anymore, then yeah, you did? I I did. I well, it was more. Uh, I played cl- a lot of flute, clarinet. You know, I was not. A, I did not play piano, keyboard, or anything. But I was always playing something, and uh, I love music. Mm-hmm. And I can enjoy all kinds of music. And so I'm thrilled that my grandson just took up playing a, a viola. viola. And uh, oh, next year, viola. He's gonna, yeah, next year he might. Well, we'll see if he stays with strings or he goes into another something else like a trumpet or something. But it's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I think music, yeah. it makes it helps us be more rounded. Yeah. Yes. So, Cheryl, I'm curious. Hello. And I, I'm curious about the intersection in your life between your spiritual journey and your mm-hmm. writing. Um, what connections are there between those two facets of your life? In the children's books or just in general? Just in general. How does your writing time? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, you obviously were, you know, did a lot of spiritual mm-hmm. work in the. Well, and you also yeah. wrote. And I'm sort of see how those two effect, impacted each other. God is mentioned sometimes, and in the sister books, the girls end with a prayer at night, but it's more of general, you know, of God. I, that's where I stay back. I I want to be balanced in my books with my books because I didn't know, first of all, that how schools would except I don't know how they are with strong Christian books. Mm -hmm. And I want Mm -hmm. to be able to 
be open for others who, you know, are whatever faith they may be. So I, when I'm able to talk about God, I'm passionate and I come alive with God. What I love about when I'm in school is I can mention God and, and nobody can ban me there. You know, they don't say anything, but because a lot of the kids will ask me, well, do you like being blind or did you, how did you do this? Or what did you, and it's because of God, but I don't get into the any kind of heavy Christianity because, and that's where I come from that interfaith feeling that I want to be an example. And I believe, you know, in my own faith, but I'm careful with how I explain it or talk to others and being open. Other than in your children's book, do you also Mm -hmm. do a blog? I had started one, then I got busy with Writing Works Wonders, and we're working on getting that switched over so I can. Too busy writing books to blog, huh? Um, I haven't even been able to do that. In fact, I just we have an intern from uh, Mount St. Mary College, which is local, not far from me. It's a private college that will be starting with us in January to help with some of the social media with Writing Works Wonders because we're doing the work of five people, you know, it's so much. And I just, I don't have that time that I want for myself and my writing. And so, Mm. you know, I'm working on it. In fact, I just looked into hiring someone off of Fiverr. I was looking today again. I haven't been on in a while, but trying to find somebody who will just do the scheduling for me. You know, take my hoot hoot suite count and schedule. I'll give them all the content, and then let them schedule it because I won't. I won't allow somebody else to create the content and put it out there unless I'm able to read it ahead of time. Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that sounds sounds like it would definitely free a lot of your creative time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I have some workbooks working on some my uh, memoir helping guide people through memoir writing and I that's totally, where the time capsule mm, yes. project came up mm-hmm. yes I want to talk I about have, that I, I do if, um, um Nancy or Peter or anybody that will potentially be listening yeah know time about cap- and I think it's unique I love it I time capsule great. is a book I wrote with a woman I met at the nursing home close by she's from Westchester County and the interesting story she has from growing up the different they coming from grandparents who were German immigrants and her parents being first generation. And what I found too, is when people would say, well, they only had an eighth grade education back when her parents stopped school at eighth grade, eighth grade, the testing back then, there were people who have PhDs who would struggle with the education that they had back then in eighth grade in the 20s. You know, it was a totally different way of learning and what they learned um, in school. Again, don't ask me to quote stuff. I, I don't know, but that was really neat. What was really neat about the Macy's Day Parade and the balloons and all the things I learned But I learned how to, I struggled with my own memoir. And by writing for Denise and working with her for a couple of years, almost a year and a half, I recorded things so I would remember. I researched, wrote to different um, historical societies, 
and just uh, had so much fun with her laughing and putting hers together helped me have a perspective on it's not an autobiography that we want to write. When we do that memoir, it's having that theme. And the theme behind Time Capsule is that each chapter is a time capsule in her life, is a period of time. And it could be an address. Some of them have an address or a a year. Um, And it helped me to know that you don't write down every single thing about your life, detail for detail. Mm -hmm. We can put that in notes and then have a theme. And through everything, I mean, her her and her family went through two totally ruined homes due to fire two fire experiences in their homes. Father died in, in his, you know, when he was like 50 because of tetanus um, and a scrape on his arm. The, the, her first husband died suddenly when she was 50, then her, losing her second husband. Just these different things that they just went through the trauma, but yet she never once, none of them ever once said, why me? There was this positive energy that, that went through all of them. And learning about, um, because where she was living, of course, is where Reader's Digest started, Pleasant Valley, where they got their own post office. You know, those kinds of things. The the, um, the Empire State Building was hit by a bomber plane right after World War II. We never, heard, with all that stuff that happened 9-11, I never yeah. ever heard never about it, that. right? Nobody oh. talked about it. And I said, oh, my gosh, it took out a few... It was our one of ours, and it was it was the plane that actually hit it on a gloggy day. And she was on the train reading Gone with the Wind that her aunt had just given her to read. And she looked up. They, she worked in the financial district we, next to, by the way, Watts, uh, what's his name there? What, Tom Watson from IBM. And she looked up and there's this plane. And of course, but at that time, they knew it was going to hit, but they could they didn't find out anything till the following day when they saw the newspaper because they didn't have that instantaneous what was happening in like we do today with the news and with our our phone. Yeah, that certainly everything. puts it in perspective. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. All, those, all those different mm-hmm. things that we're reminded of that we know, but it's just neat when another, a a person, live person is telling you these different things. And I said something about dating. She goes, we didn't date. We didn't, we (laughs) all went out as a group and you know, whatever she said, I just, we just laughed. I just loved having fun with her about it. So, yeah. So are you going to do another one with somebody else? I would love to, I would absolutely love to do. I'd love to do a book with several different stories, wouldn't it be wonderful? But uh, yeah, I would, I would be very happy to do it. And it's not long. It's only about 14,000 words, but it's perfect. You know, it's just, just right. And what I did, yeah. And what I did in the beginning was instead of an introduction, you know, how some people don't read an introduction or preface. So I started, I kept putting at the top of that chapter one, I'm coming back to that. So chapter one is actually an introduction by Denise that I wrote in her that, you know, she made it into chapter one, because if I she if if she says if I had made it into an, uh, a dedication or something, you wouldn't even know it was dedicated to you because you wouldn't have read it. You would just want to went right by it, maybe the introduction. So that's how I started it. And um and I so now that's published in in one of your books, Time Capsule. It, yeah, it actually has not been 
formally published. I have print books, but because I wanted to do it with her, it hasn't been formally published. So my goal is to get it out on an ebook and then do it print on demand because I did just a right. hundred copy run on it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted time capsule, how would they get it? They could contact me. Okay. All of my print and books. And that's on they, your website, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cheryl McNeilfisher.com. Yeah. Spell spell your full name, Cheryl. Cheryl McNeilfisher. C H E R Y L M C N E I L F is in Frank. I S H E R dot com. My books are on Audible. And the ebooks are being redone because they were with a branch of Macmillan, which Macmillan shut down. And so I'm oh. going to redo them. However, Apple Batter Up is free on Smashwords. And that one is up right now. And then I have oh. all my audio books up. Right. And Annie, you, Annie Davis is do doing you have those in LAS. Not yet. That's a process that uh, someone from um, uh, Perkins is going to help me get with because I've. They say you got to go through your local library. You know, talking book in, through Albany, New York here, but I have somebody else is going to help me with that too. Yeah, yeah. And Perkins. Because is, I have the I have the audiobooks. They're all done, and and yeah. I own the copyright. So why not share them with people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol, you sort of uh, breeze through a lot of stuff very quickly. And I think I would be really interested in having you sort of talk us through very quickly sort of the sweep of your all your books, sort of a brief summary of uh, the plots of all your children's books and other books sort of from beginning to end. And okay. Then say about the books. I think that'd be really helpful for me, at least. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't want to talk too much. If you can do it in 10 minutes. Okay. Cindy, Cindy <laughs> Lou and Sammy left, too, you know, go to the mall. Little, okay. Yeah. It's, ahead, the start. series is okay. Cindy Lou and Sammy too, go to the mall. The adventures of a guide dog team is number one. Each book gets a little longer in length and that's about training at the mall. And that would have going to the mall, the escalator, meeting people who reach down to try and pet your dog, going and getting the, and then somebody's petting my dog, and then there's socks and the tails wagon, socks are flying in the air. We get our photo taken at the mall. So then we're an official guide dog team getting our picture taken with our, for our ID card. And um, that's, that's what that's about. And I, I did a home, when I did a home training, I fell for the first time and it was because I was at the mall and I used my vision. I thought I knew where the yellow line was, that it was at the edge of the curb, but the yellow line was actually out in the lane past the curb. So my dog stopped and I took one more stop and I fell and you know, it was my fault and the dog standing there looking at it, but it was great because I explained about that too. That gave that, that opportunity to share about that. So that's basic training in that, in that book. Um, then the relationship and trusting our dogs. And then the, the, the new dog goes home to Greg, my retired dog and the retired dog just tells him, well, we need to be patient with her because she needs to learn some new things too, or, 
you know, how we do love talking with our dogs. And then number two was Cindy and Sammy meet new friends at the zoo, the adventures of a guide dog team. And that one was based on the Philadelphia zoo. My friend and I went in September one year and it was nice because there weren't a lot of people there. The kids were back to school. The interactions between my dog and these animals were amazing. And, the, you know, you can't make up some of this stuff. And the illustrations were based on photos that my friend took. My dogs have never jumped up on a fence, but Sanka did. I'm standing next to the fence. All of a sudden, the two front paws are up on the fence, and he's looking down at these colobus monkey as if they're having a conversation. And, the you know, these kinds of things were pretty, really neat. And so I... The illustrations are based on real life things that happen, but I created the dialogue with the animals, the river otter, you know, how they like to engage. And, and then the spider monkey who's reaching out through the fence, chattering like crazy, trying to get to Sanka, but because there's two fences, couldn't even just had a hand reaching out. The zebras, I'll tell you real quick, the zebras, they were out in the field. They come walking in, strutting in, right? Get over by us, and they let out this really loud noise. They're like a donkey almost. And this one zebra looked at Sanka, came up near the fence, turned around, walked about 10 steps, pooped, turned around, looked at Sanka like, that's what I think of you, and turned around and just kept right on walking. It was the funniest <laughs> thing. And so what I did was I put in there that the hyena is one of the predators of the you know, which is dog light of the zebra. So in th the end of each chapter, there's a little tidbit of a, the natural habitat and some fun facts about zebras and giraffes and etc. Surprise Sammy at your birthday is a pool party with Sammy and some friends. And it, each book has more training. There's things about the guide dog and the guide dog team and what they do. However, in the surprise Sammy at your birthday, a seventh grader came up to me. I was at Stewart Airport at a big career fair, and she came up and said she was an artist, and she'd always wanted to illustrate a book. So I told her, gave her my information and said, call me. And she did, and she came up with the characters' names and who, which person went with which dog. I had it all written. And then she decides she's going to change the name of all the people and the dogs and I said, okay, I'll do this once, but we can't do this again, you know, because then you got to go back through the whole book and change all the names. <laughs> what was neat about that was the interaction with those dogs. And then I had to teach Sanka how to swim. He did not swim, my golden retriever. So in there, it talks about how I taught Sam Sammy how to swim in the pool. And History Mystery in Philadelphia is based on going to Philadelphia that same time. And we, it's based on one of the walking tours in Philadelphia. And I've been in touch with the historical sites and gotten permission to use some of their, um, their imagery and talk about each one of the characters in you know Betsy Ross house we go by the cemetery and that's where Benjamin Franklin's daughter and grandson is and then when I talk about a lot of the different things Ben Franklin did and his his inventions and and again these I got 
John Hancock using invisible ink writing on the Liberty Bell where some little boy can see the ghost and starts giving him a hard time about doing it. And, you know, these things that just come from within us that are, are pretty amazing and they're in the carriage and all of a sudden here comes a fire brigade and it goes right through the carriage and everybody's like oh and then all of a sudden they realize benjamin franklin's there who was the head of it or started it and you know just i'm kind of breezing through but some of the all these different things that were invented by these people by these uh, our founding fathers and things so they were on a mission to find the writing desk, the portable writing desk that Thomas Jefferson used to write the Declaration of Independence. And there's a special hidden compartment that has the original one with all the cross. They crossed out things and hand wrote in. So they were looking for that. And so that's what that book is about. And like I said, Nabbed was about the superhero. And I put my friend Allison Dolan in that one. Uh, she had passed away, so I made yes character. In Allison, there. <laughs> Allison did my first um, uh, survey in my um, oh, postgraduate. Okay, yeah, we were five days apart in age, and and again, how we met was pretty neat. We met at a walkathon, walking next to each other. Both our husbands were electricians. Blah blah blah, but um, yeah, and and so. I put her in my first book is dedicated in memory of her. And then the sister books is about my sister and I, and how I can continue that for our family with things about my sister and I. So that's what my books are right now. That's, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. People sort of gives me a sense of sort of the scope and the, of what you've done and, and where you might be going in the future. Yeah. Yeah, Speaking I, of the I future. Yes. Yes. Writing work wonders. What, what <laughs> give a little plug. Yeah. <laughs> through this, through this pandemic, I, I was doing a call, the serenity call. And then Kathy, I mean, um, Cindy Hollis said, I'd like to see you do a book call on journaling or something. And that's how the writing workshop started. I was I was out of my element. From day one, they were streaming, and I had no clue about. You know, I was doing it on my own. And so uh, I met Kathy in March. She came on when I had one of the, I think it was Karen was on with us. And that's how I met Kathy. And we exchanged phone numbers. Somehow she contacted me through my website. And we started talking and and she didn't know what she could do with her anymore. Yeah, and so by talking, I invited her on Writing Works Wonders in April. And as we continued talking, I invited her to be partner with me. And that's how it began. She really developed. She found that she could do website. And she's, she's phenomenal at creating our site. And yes. we share in our editing and that's how that started too with the podcasting was I went to the ACB media and said I, I want to edit these I, I didn't want to just have the beginning and end edited all the ums and ums and all the noise mm -hmm. and right you know. right so that's how all the, it just developed and has grown into this phenomenon that's amazing and in January our first guest will be CJ Box 
So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, you get some. You, I noticed that you you have had some wonderful authors and guests, um, and mm-hmm. you have a great following. And I mm-hmm. I look forward to what you all are going to do in 2022. Thank you. Thank you. It's just a wonderful, fun time. It really is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought, right? That. Yeah. And it's a way <laughs> to keep writing and helping others, you know, somebody else who's just, well, Holly Turry. Holly Turry is now writing for a publication yeah. that she's read for years that comes out every other month. And she just submitted and she's now writing book reviews for them all the time and getting paid for doing that. And just thrilled. And she It gave her that that energy to do that and the inspiration. And we have so many people I could go on with contests they've done. And it's not that Mm -hmm. I'm taking credit. It's what I'm saying is we are inspiring them now. And you do too, by you, Annie, coming on and how becoming part with and working with everyone from behind our eyes and behind our eyes will be on on January 28th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's all about helping each other and creating I call it the tribe, the writing tribe, yeah. right. the community. And I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. we, we help each other. And yes. uh, and learning more about this community to also yeah. that I've started looking on the website and learning more because I didn't know you existed before all this, you know, the com- <laughs> before the, Did, didn't the we pandemic. Didn't we sit next to each other when you had Sanka, right? Yeah, have, I think yeah. Well, we we were either at, at we a Lions a, thing at a hotel right? or at GEB. We were at it was hotel. at a hotel. Yes, I thought so. Yeah. You were sitting right next to me at a round table. And <laughs> yes, I know. Isn't that amazing? And then anywhere they were so rude to you. I was and like, then here we are. Oh. I, I don't even remember that, but that's so. pretty, you know. I was just like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm pretty easy. I'll go with the flow <laughs> as much as I can. And, so and that's why I feel like God brought Kathy and I together because she you know we both have that organizational skill yet me yeah. i'm more free spirit la, 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 ha, 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 you know? and, then, and, then and kathy's she's academic she's got a training yeah she's yeah, she's yes. training. Yes. Yep. She's yeah. that's academic. why you guys have a good thing yeah that's why we so out. so do you have yeah. any last words like you have a you know I, anything that you want to share with anybody about your journey mm. um what I what I think is most important is that I get so emotional with this stuff is that I I want people to know we can do this. You know, when I'm out with kids and everybody's struggling in their own life, I said my disability is obvious, but you we all have challenges. And and we're not gonna know what we can do unless we try it. Um even the for me doing audio editing and stuff, who would have thought, but, and my writing and going listen and listening to people when we are writing as authors for these quote, big comp, uh, public publishing houses out there. A lot of times look at it as like editors get all, have a desk full of papers and they throw them up the air and they grab one out and say, okay, this one we're going to publish today, you know, and that might be a big exaggeration, but really a lot of that's what happens. And we are all just as important. We might not be making the big bucks like some of them, but we are talented authors. I've met so many of you that are so talented 
And that's my goal to con- is to continue to encourage whatever your art is that you can you can still do it. And if you want to take photos and you have minimal sight, have someone who helps you and you can still oh, isn't it wonderful? You just shoot and click. It's amazing. <laughs> so I I just I want to keep encouraging everyone to go for it. And for us with our guests, what's the worst that people can say? No, you know, we're just going for everybody and anybody to be on our show. It doesn't matter. And I send it out to any publications for an article. Go for it. Just go for it. What do you got to lose? People say, no, well, just keep on doing it. What do you got to lose? Wise words. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Art Parlor is brought to you by Friends in Art and ACB Radio. It airs beginning every Saturday at 8 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. To listen and for a full schedule, go to www.acbradio.org mainstream. Art Parlor is also available as a podcast. Just search for Art Parlor in your favorite podcast app. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at artparlor at friendsinart.org and please feel free to check out our website, www.friendsinart.org. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next month.